0: lost Laura. (laughs) What the heck happened? Let's try this. (laughs) There we go. What was that? (laughs) I need a producer like Tony Andrea. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, hi, welcome to History of a Haunting. I am one of your hosts, Carrie, And I'm your other host, Laura. And we have a very special guest host today. She needs no introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andrea Perrin. Yay!
1: Hi, it's delightful to join both of you. I'm oh. so pleased to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so glad Thank to have you. you. I'm so glad to have you. I do have one pressing question that I'm going to ask you straight out of the gate first. How is Peanut?
1: Peanut's asleep over on her pallet right here. Is she <laughs> okay? Yes. <laughs> <She is. laughs> when she wakes up, she'll say, "Can I get in your lap?" <laughs> I'll bring her in, and she's had a very busy day. <laughs> and, uh, a lot of activity today so it's uh there's a little bit of nap time involved right okay now. but she'll come she'll come swooping up into my lap at some point
0: okay good good you're probably you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably you're welcome you're probably going to get to meet laura's cat eddie because he does the same thing so yeah yeah a lot of times i think
2: uh I think the other two are outside so if he's left in the house by himself yeah he'll for sure be trying to open my office door
0: <laughs> great that's what he does well guys we brought Andrea on to sit down and have a chat with her um, about all kinds of stuff and as I had mentioned we have been promoting you for the last several weeks Andrea and as everybody knows, the one thing that most people know you from is that it was your family that The Conjuring, the very first Conjuring movie, was based on, and your time in the Harrisville farmhouse. But right. what a lot of folks don't know is that you study UFOs and ufology. Am I saying that correctly, ufology? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Um, <laughs> good, good. So... um let's talk for just a little bit about the Harrisville farmhouse. And is that what you guys call it when you live there? Or it was just the house or how did it get that name? Is it just cause it's well, in Harrisville, Rhode Island or?
1: Yeah, but it was, um, you know, un- unfortunately it's got the, uh, the tag as the conjuring house now, but it's actually the Richardson Arnold estate. And when okay. we bought it, It was, everybody just referred to it as the old Arnold estate.
0: Oh, okay. It
1: was actually built by the Richardson family and then through marriage became the Arnold family because it was built back in a time when women were not legally allowed to own property.
0: Ah, okay, okay. Gotcha. The good old days. The good old (laughs) days, the good old days. Um, So now you have written a series of books about your time living in the home. And now did you live there for 10 years or yes, it was 10, 10 years, roughly yeah. 10 years. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, my mother found the house in June of 1970, uh, bought the house uh, in December of 1970. Okay. After all the, um, you know, the, everything that goes into buying a house, especially buying, an estate that has 200 acres. You know, there were surveys involved and oh, wow. all kinds of things that had to happen uh, before my parents could could close on it. And then they, I think, they signed the papers the first week of December. Mr. Kenyon was not yet ready to move out. The house that his son was building him on his own property in the village was not ready yet. Oh. And my mother was under no circumstances moving her family over Christmas holidays. So, um, we waited um, several weeks before we moved in. Um, And, uh, you know, mom said, just save your boxes from your Christmas gift. (laughs) It'll be easy to move things. Sure. And so we did that. And uh, we moved in on January 11th, uh, 1971, but we were already the owners. Mm, and we, okay. um, so mom found it in June of 1970 and we left in June of 1980. So oh, okay. even though we didn't technically own it um, uh, in June of 1970, we visited it so regularly mm. that it felt like home. Yeah. It was already home, even though it wasn't quite yet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I have, I just tell everybody... 10 years because it really did feel like that was where we were supposed to be. And every single day felt like a week or a month between the time that my mother discovered it and the day we moved in. And, you know, we visited it, as I said, a number of times, many times um, prior to owning it. And uh, Mr. Kenyon wanted my family to have it. And he felt that he told my mother it would be the perfect place to, you know, raise children um, yeah. out on the 200 acre estate. <clears throat> but um, he didn't tell her anything about the activity in the house. It wasn't until the day that we moved in where four of the five of us saw a full body apparition um, and didn't say anything to the adults because you don't walk up to your parents on moving day and say, I mean, I think there's a ghost in the other room. We didn't even know what it was that we saw.
3: Wow. We know
1: that we saw. When I saw him, he looked absolutely flesh and blood. Like okay. I could have walked up to him and touched him. Um, my what? sister, Nancy, saw him evaporate into thin air. Wow! And Cindy saw him. Christine saw him. I saw him. Mom and April did not, they were working in the kitchen trying to unpack the boxes that we were bringing in. And then later in the afternoon, my dad was um, in the dining room with Mr. Kenyon and four, the four of us, um, April was still with mom. She was too little to, you know, she needed to stay right with mom. Sure. And um, she was only five and uh, he, he manifested again in the room. Uh, later in the day, and we all looked at each other. The girls like, "Do you see that? Do, do you see what I do? You see what I see? Yeah. <laughs> do you see that? Okay. You know, without saying a word, but it was obvious to us that something very strange was going on because he was standing within maybe two to three feet uh, of Mr. Kenyon and my father, and neither one of them saw him. Really, so we knew we were in uh, a special place where, yes. you know, apparently only the children are uh, filled in on the uh, house guests, right? Uh, and that was that was the beginning of our ten-year-long excursion through the netherworld that never ended. Yeah, so my mom always said that. You know we can leave this farm but the farm will never leave us and it was one of you know no truer words you know it is it's been a part of my life a part of my consciousness and a part of my heart for all these years i mean it yeah. was more than 50 years ago that we moved into the house it was 50 years ago last year and It's uh, the only place that still feels like home to me. Everything else feels temporary, but the farm feels somehow permanent.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you have said that for a very long time, that this, you just feel such a strong connection to the location. Obviously, Hollywood, especially a James Wan movie, I'm such a huge fan of James Wan, the Saw movies. I'm a fan of horror movies and scary stuff. But obviously, Hollywood is going to pick out the parts that are the scariest that they can show. And from watching your show and seeing other things that you've been on, you had said that there were some things that happened in the house that he actually couldn't put in the movie because they were so scary. Was that correct? Did I hear that right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. He read my books and said, Oh hell no. Really? Now we can't tell this story because it will run people out of the theaters and the um, the executives at noonline cinema and warner brothers agreed with him wow uh, it would have just been too intense and people wouldn't have been able to handle it
0: yeah and you know mm-hmm.
1: meanwhile i'm thinking well you know i don't think of it as a horror story yeah um, i, I, I right. don't i think of it as a love story with a wicked supernatural twist yes you know? but it's it's <laughs> yeah. not
0: That it definitely was that
1: horror story. Yeah, it just doesn't even have that feel. I mean, the conjuring got things right um, to a certain extent. You know, they cherry picked a little bit from my books and mostly relied upon the case files of Ed and Lorraine Warren, yeah, which they also um, finagled with. So they basically came up with their own third story. Right, Um, and admitted that and said, you know, it would be impossible to compress the 10 years that you spent there into a two-hour film. That's an impossibility. And so they kept what they could and what they thought would be um, socially acceptable and not too terrifying. And the other issue was that James wanted to uh, make sure that he got a PG-13 rating. Really? Film, And wow. I was with him out in uh, California when the MPAA came down with their rating and they gave it an R. And that man's head blew off his body. I mean,
3: he <laughs> was so
1: upset. Wow. And he said, I want a reason why. I need a reason why. I called them back. I want a reason why. Yeah. No real violence. There's no gratuitous sex there's no bad language to speak of there's no you know there's I mean we deliberately made this as family friendly as possible why are you giving my movie an R yeah and um, about 15 minutes his assistant came back to him and handed him a piece of paper and he read off of it and then showed it to me and it had uh, four words on it The answer from the rating commission, the MPAA, it's just too scary.
0: Wow, Wow. that's really. People
3: have no
1: idea.
0: You have no idea. That's really saying something, because he's kind of known for his gore his movies saw and, you know, you know, he's really known for those movies and it's like...
1: I never saw any of that. I don't pollute my mind with that stuff. I've never seen any horror movies in my life except for The Conjuring because I had to. Right. And that was it. I have not seen any of the other movies in the series. Yeah. I don't watch horror films because I find the medium of uh, film itself (laughs) is so uh, compelling and so striking that it's like searing images and memories into your brain that you can never unthink and unsee and unfeel. And I don't want that kind of negative stuff in my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm into uh, British comedy and um, Hollywood musicals. You know, that's Ab- that's my favorite thing to watch. It is. Um Ab-hab is my favorite show of all time. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> fabulous. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. And it's a wonderful show. My favorite of all time hysterical has to be of the Brit British stuff, mm. Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Yeah, that was great for me.
0: I yeah. have that's- always wanted to watch that. I love Maggie Smith. I love I haven't I haven't had a chance to. I don't really watch a lot of television and movies these days. Um, I think um, Game of Thrones. I liked Game of Thrones, and I'm a huge Doctor Who fan. I just love Doctor Who so much. It is so uh, fun. (laughs)
1: Doctor Who number seven, I believe, um, wrote to me, loves my books, loves, loves my books, and wrote to me... Not long after I published the third book and has been on my friends list ever since. And you know, I'm sorry to admit I can't even remember his name, but
0: I know I'm like, oh, number seven. <laughs> I think that was Tom, someone that my a- son would know. He yeah. he's watched them all from the from the very beginning. Yeah, but
1: I used to, years and years ago. I was a Doctor <laughs> Who fan. I was always yeah. a Trekkie always attractive.
0: Really, yeah.
1: um, you know if it had to do with outer space i was all in
0: yeah. yeah yeah doctor who is such a it's a wonderful show it's so creative so imaginative um so that's a really great segue into ufology so how did you become involved in it how did you get to start studying about it how did that happen for you
1: Well, in October of 1971, I had just turned 13. It was our first autumn at the farm. Uh, I had a sighting over the farmhouse, right? Directly over the property um, that altered it. It, it. It was my personal paradigm shift. Okay. It was from that moment on that I knew that we were not alone in the universe Uh, And I became a ufologist before that word or term existed. Existed, yeah. Um, I uh, studied, read everything, had my mother drive me down to the Providence Public Library, removed everything on the subject that I could find, which was sparse at best. Yeah, I started just throwing myself into the subject matter because I wanted to know what I saw that went over that farm Yeah. and had several uh, incidents um, during the years that we lived there, uh, two of which several members of my family saw as well, and one that every member of my family saw, and it was undeniable what it was. Really? It was just undeniable. Um, yeah, I was... You know, I, there's never a time that I go to the farm that I don't have a sighting with and introduce whomever I am with uh, to the galactic family. Uh, and it's what I do. I I feel like in some respects, I function as an emissary on this okay. planet, that it's my job to tell people that, yes, they're real. Yes, they do exist. No, we're not alone and never have been. Yeah. Uh, ever. Uh, in the in the existence of the human race on planet Earth, that they're with us all the time that there are a number of races that come and go off the planet. there are several that actually coexist with us on the planet. most of them, not all, are humanoid um, and that um, we are so it's it's ridiculous how far we are from being alone in the universe there are numerous races that with the technology and the desire to come here and to oversee what's happening on this very interesting and tumultuous planet that is riddled with conflict and turmoil and um you know we're always right on the verge of you know extinction because Mm -hmm. of our own bad behavior it is um, you know as, as Dolores Cannon said before she passed away, rest her soul, uh, we're the most interesting show going on in the universe right now. And if they can get here, they they do get here. Yeah, see what's happening and not to interfere in our evolutionary process, but to simply let enough of us know yeah. on planet that we are here and that we do have a galactic family that cares about us, that is not here to threaten us. If they wanted to harm us, they could have done so millennia ago. It's not about that, Um, which makes me crazy because, you know, the the government wants you to think that somehow they pose a threat. And they know better. They know better. They just want to keep the masses as fear-based carbon units so that they can um, manipulate the information and maintain some control over it um, and parse it out.
0: As uh, they see fit.
1: Yeah, a little tiny spoonful at a time instead of being forthright and honest with people because they're really convinced that society can't handle the truth. And, you know, maybe they're right about that. I don't think they are. But maybe they are, maybe they know more than I do, but I can't um, I can't reconcile it. I mean, this is the biggest story in the course of all of human history. And if we have proof that they have been here, which we do,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which we do in abundance, then it is incumbent upon them, in my opinion, to share their findings and their research with all of humanity. I think that it would literally change the course of our future. If everyone was aware that, I think that it would unify the human race in a way that nothing else could, and that it would be the most enlightening, illuminating information that we have ever come upon. Some of us know for me it's not a matter of faith it's not a matter of belief it's certainly not a matter of wishful thinking. I know that we are not alone I have had numerous encounters, several close encounters with uh, our extraterrestrial brethren um, over the course of most of my life and even though I had my first Citing what I uh, what I refer to as conscious contact, when I was thirteen, I feel absolutely certain that I had had uh, prior contact. I just didn't understand what it was.
2: Wow! Nice. Do you think, um, with NASA hiring the, the theologians from most of the world's big religion, do you think that they're prepping to find a way to break it to the masses? That it's yes, I,
1: I think so. And I also think that there's a reason why the United Nations has an emissary to extraterrestrials. Why would they pay this woman gobs of money mm-hmm. to just sit there and take up space just in case? Right. There's, <laughs> you know, some, OK, this woman right. with like 14 degrees and <laughs> uh, yeah. We have uh, the United Nations as an emissary to extraterrestrials. Uh, they know a, you know, a great deal more than, than we are allowed to know. I'm oh, privy wow. to information only because I work closely within um, a relatively small circle of researchers. Um, you know, I've had contact with several astronauts. I've... I've I've gotten firsthand accounts that most people don't get.
0: Right, um, yeah, and and likely won't ever, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And so I feel honored and privileged to be uh, in that company. Um, And I wish that I could reveal everything that I know from them. But what I can do Uh, is reveal everything I know about my experiences. Yeah, for sure. And so in 2018, after I had uh, a particularly close encounter, I put all my other work aside and I started writing a book called A Wonder to Behold. They gave me the title and they gave me the subtitle, which is Guideposts for Intergalactic Engagement with Humanity. Really? And it's a book that basically not only details my experiences and those of close, uh, trusted friends and confidants from around the world, mm. um, who, who agreed to contribute to the volume. But aside from that, I also, um, felt that the whole book needed to be written about what was at the time, just a few short years ago. Mm. Um, the pending paradigm shift for all humanity, um, and so the book is about that, uh, and a lot of other things. But it's uh, almost 500 pages. Well, now it's going to be a little over 500 pages because, uh, you know, I wrote and wrote about, you know, here, here it comes, here comes the shift. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to be. But <laughs> I'm telling you, here it comes. Right. Well, boom. March 11th, 2020, here it is. And so I, uh, I had to experience um, COVID-19 uh, global pandemic, really technically the first global pandemic because this was the first pandemic where human beings had the ability to fly anywhere in the world and sure. spread it literally across the mm-hmm. planet
0: right yeah the bubonic plague was primarily contained to Europe and you know they weren't yeah
2: you can be just about anywhere in the world in 24 hours
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yes yes
3: yeah and
1: um, so that was that and you know if anybody should have been prepared (laughs) it should have
3: been me (laughs) anybody
1: on the planet should have been prepared for boom here's the shift it should have been me it leveled me yeah. it just leveled me I mean it was so overwhelming to see and no vaccine on the horizon nobody even knew what we were dealing with yet Yeah. some of the scariest moments of my life everyone on this planet had to face their own mortality simultaneously yeah. people were dropping like flies and it was uh, I don't know it just felt like you know, some greater being just sprayed a can of raid all over this planet. And
0: that, Oh my God, that is exactly what it was like.
1: You know, I mean, just boom, down they go. You know, I mean, it was, it was horrendous. Yeah. It, um, had a very adverse effect on me psychologically, um, emotionally more than anything. And so for the first two or three months, I cried a lot, I slept a lot, I watched the news a lot, and I uh, ate a lot of ice cream. I figured (laughs) if I'm going down, um, I'm going to of ice cream with me
2: you know what it that was went, my vice too in the beginning i don't know how much ben and Jerry's i ate but it was an unhealthy amount and even if i didn't was. know i certainly wouldn't tell anybody uh, I, you know, <laughs> I, love- I admitted <laughs> to it
1: but i just said hey you know it's a legitimate calcium source you know just there cut you. me a break here I, I discovered very quickly into uh the pandemic that there are two kinds of people the kind that got stuck at home and ordered themselves a Peloton bike and got into the best shape of their freaking lives. Yeah. And then the rest of us that ingested as many COVID calories as we possibly could whatever <laughs> was available at the grocery store, even if I had to wear three masks to go in and get it.
0: Yeah. That, so I
1: here's a funny
2: story category.
0: Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Me too. So I'm. I just
2: moved not too long ago into a house, so I'm working on getting my office together. Um, in the beginning of COVID, thinking that I was gonna be this other person, the first kind that does the Peloton type things, <laughs> I got a guitar. Being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna learn how to play guitar. I always wanted to know. It sat in the closet literally until just last week when I got it out, and I'm like, I'm either going to get rid of this or we're going to learn how to play it, and my son can take lessons. So now it's out. I did learn a chord, but yeah, I'm now I'm still dealing with the things that I thought I was like a different kind of person when, <laughs> when COVID started, that I was going to you know take all this and, and be completely positive. It was really hard. You know, you kind of started out like, oh, it's nice to kind of have this downtime.
0: this forced downtime to force you to stay at right? home and focus I on, thought yeah. It was,
2: yeah. like, oh, I can focus on some hobbies, you know, put some put some time into things that I didn't have time for. It makes you slow down. I didn't think it was gonna last two fucking years,
0: seriously. Then
2: you got sad, and then I just started eating ice cream and then I didn't, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. whatever
2: little motivation you had or i did yeah
0: the cabin fever sets in the whole yeah and then it's just the underlying fear of doing anything and going anywhere because we were we moved here last march and we drove all the way from phoenix and my mom um at the time, she was sick. We didn't know what she had. We were going to just take her to the doctor here in North Carolina and she, at Duke, and they would get it figured out. But it was just fear of going anywhere because not everybody was wearing masks. Not everybody was, even when they were supposed to, people were getting thrown out of stores and restaurants because they weren't wearing masks. So there was a lot of underlying fear of just being around the general public yeah, at all.
2: Um, and you couldn't tell who was sick. There's uh-uh. the symptom lists. There's, you right. know... Right. yes there was so well, much that's fear the and insidious
1: nature of this virus mm-hmm. it's a sneaky little devil yeah you know, it, can, it can park itself in a host and exhibit no symptoms and all but that host can give it to everybody that they run into even walk past on the street being an airborne virus yeah and you know, we just didn't know anything about it and then of course the whole thing got politicized which everything is and yeah. Um, you know and it went from being a public health issue to uh, my side or your side and, mm-hmm. and which is just absurd Ab- I mean beyond absurdity mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. And then when we were just getting to that point, um, a sick and twisted police officer put his neck on the knee of a helpless defenseless man and killed him mm-hmm. Yeah and the death of George Floyd. The murder of George Floyd. Yeah. Um, Just wanton disregard for human life. Um, It was the first time I had ever seen someone die. Yeah. It had a very profound effect on me. Me too. Uh, With a hubris that I don't think that anybody can even wrap their mind around. When there were four officers that could have helped this man and instead choked life out of him. Yeah. And we're so sure that there would be no culpability for them that they didn't remove the phone from the 17 year old girl that filmed it. Yes. And then put it out worldwide.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: it. uh, I mean, we all anybody that felt that the way I did, we all marched our feet bloody, you know, Mm -hmm. took every risk. To go out in large crowds when we had spent months and months and months avoiding interaction with anyone. Mm -hmm. This was more important than us collectively because it dealt with us collectively and it sent shockwaves around the whole world. Um, It uh, it affected, you know, multiple societies in, in myriad ways. And is still ongoing and brought some very dark, toxic things in yeah. society to the surface.
0: Oh, so and much. What really,
1: the paradigm shift mm-hmm. is all about. Yeah. You know, because if you look at the evolution of COVID um, and the subsequent variants and so on and so forth, I mean, it's, you can see how... People have changed through this. Mm -hmm. Um, Suicide rates have gone through the roof. Um, Drug uh, overdoses have gone through the roof. Uh, The youngest generation, um, 30 and younger, are struggling daily with mental health issues. In the last 30 days, according to the most recent poll, 25% of the youth of this country have considered self-harm. That yeah. those are shocking, shocking, shocking statistics, and I they think are. that they are probably lower than what is reality. Um, and so I that agree. begs the question: What is our new reality? What mm-hmm. is this? Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, because uh, you know we hadn't had enough pile on, um, <laughs> then uh, a monster named Vladimir Putin decides that he is going to invade a sovereign country that poses no threat or risk to him at all and blow away every man, woman and child and animal that he can set his sights on
3: Mm -hmm. um,
1: and what's going on there. I mean, I knew it was coming, I knew in November that he wasn't mm-hmm. just going to amass yeah. you know more than a hundred thousand troops at the border and then just say, Oh, just kidding.
0: Just to chill Take there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody go home. Yeah. You know, and so many people that were in denial, oh no, he'll never do that. Oh my god, it'll trigger World War Three. Oh my god, he's never gonna do it. Well, he did it. He did it. And you know, we're more than a month now into The worst thing that's happened since World War Two in Europe. Um, And it's not going to stop anytime soon, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. Uh, The loss of life is going to be already is epic and going to get considerably worse. Yeah. Uh, The human rights atrocities that are happening that we know about. Are uh, grounds for dragging his ass in front of the world court. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as a violator of human rights and, you know, uh, in basically initiating a genocide of what could conceivably be considered Russian people they used to be.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Uh, yeah.
1: You know, so it, uh, you know, they're, they're he's basically put his army into a position where they're having to kill relatives
3: mm-hmm. you know, people mm-hmm.
1: that, that were born and raised in Ukraine, uh, were part of the Soviet union for it's, it, it is, it is mind boggling
0: mm-hmm. to, yeah. to
1: see what is happening, how it is happening. And I really truly want the ghosts of Ukraine to haunt him in life and death, and far beyond for yeah. all of eternity. He is pure evil and madness unleashed mm-hmm. on this planet. He always has been. He always and, has been, yes. And for decades, has been empowered by inaction. Nobody has yeah. held him accountable for you know, what he did in Syria. Nobody yeah. held him accountable for Uh, The Crimean Peninsula. Crimea, yep. Accountable for Donbass. Nobody held him accountable for Chechnya. I mean, we're going back and back Mm -hmm. and back. Yeah. And, you know, he he never paid a price before for mm -hmm. these incursions into land that was not his own. Thinks that it's perfectly okay to kill anybody that threatens him, whether it's by poison or shoving them out a window or. Uh you know, That's what I was going to say anybody that in the streets in front of their own, home, you know, their own apartment, and so you know what we're seeing now, I think, is, um. The, I described this in the book as having a flamethrower put at the base of the cauldron of all human society, and. After a while, what's in that cauldron gets overheated, super hot, and begins to boil. And what is this toxic sediment that over time has kind of filtered through into the darkest spot in that cauldron has come to the surface. Yeah. And is being hit with the white hot spotlight of scrutiny and is in its own right a form of spiritual illumination
0: yeah Um,
1: this shouldn't have to be how humanity wakes up um, and begins to see with new eyes what our old reality is and decide to change it and that's what's happening now so I felt compelled to write about my experience of the pandemic and about George Floyd and about the fact that Beirut basically got blown off the planet because of neglect and greed and just exploded into nothingness. And it was a news story for three days. And then the whole rest of the world forgot about it, except Lebanon. You know, I mean... (laughs) uh, you know, that these are things that we need to examine about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, are we able to evolve beyond this rather primitive, dualistic mindset that dictates fear to us? I think the greatest dictator on Earth is fear itself.
3: Mm-hmm. And it is.
1: all other dictators and autocrats rely upon it. Mm-hmm. To control and take power over the masses, uh, and Putin is just one glaring example, but there are plenty more. Plenty more, including <laughs> Xi Jinping, Kim Jong Un. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, mean, I could, I could, you know, a list all the way down my arm. There's 60 uh, dictators that are in charge of. Uh, numerous countries around the planet right now that call all the shots and keep all the money for themselves and let their people suffer and starve and die because greed. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what I think that we will ultimately need to confront on the other side of this so that we can not only imagine, but create a world where one man No longer has the power to hold the whole rest of the world hostage. To hold the the sword of Damocles to the throats of all humanity with his nuclear arsenal. Yeah, you know we Mm -hmm. need to we need to self reflect. We need to examine our journey, um, and we need to change course. Yeah, capital W E, humanity needs to make a change because if we do not and if we continue, you know, I, I look at the images out of Ukraine and I just I you know I just want I, I want to gag when I think of just you know oil depots in full flames, you know, that the black residue of that oil just going up into the atmosphere. Well I breathe that air too. Yeah. And I am just as pissed off about it as anybody in Ukraine in terms of losing their ability to have uh, facilities to hold their natural resources, whatever they happen to use for power. Um, Mm -hmm. He is, uh, as I said, with wanton disregard uh, for humanity, Um, just plowing over a, a peaceful, country that wasn't ever looking for any altercation with him. Right. This was indeed a war of choice and I absolutely no matter how much blowback he got for saying what he did, I absolutely agree with Joe Biden that Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power.
0: I completely agree too. I agree too. And b- because he, he doesn't, doesn't even power. care yeah he doesn't even care about his own people, like you said, he's poisoning them, and he's doing this, and he's they're mysteriously disappearing, and he does not even care about his own no. citizens no, he
1: He's a megalomaniac, yes, you look that word up in the dictionary. it is the perfect i mean he's so far beyond narcissist that
0: yeah no you know, yeah
1: megalomaniac mm-hmm. is really the only word that I can think of that describes him. I think that. You know, that that kind of behavior um, and the abuse of this kind of power uh, renders someone um, a pariah in world society. Yeah. And uh, and I believe in karma and he will get his. It's not about that. It's not about, um, you know, a a reconciling or a resolution of this somewhere down the road where he gets his. It's about how many people, innocent people, and animals die uh, in the wake of it.
0: Of it, yeah. Um,
1: so I had to um, experience all of this uh, and write about it. And so I'm republishing A Wonder to Behold. Uh, it will be available in uh, softbound and hard cover, with all the photographs of all the extraterrestrials that I have photographed um, in living color nice. uh, it's a really wonderful volume um, it will be out soon as soon as I can you know I'm still the the finishing touches mm-hmm. sure on a book it's the hardest part yeah it really yeah. is to make it as close to perfect as humanly possible right and, you know there were a number of major incidents that occurred. Between when I first first published it in August of 2019, till uh, you know now 2022, had so many incidents occur and so many incredible experiences and phenomenal photographs that I took. I just had to include them in the book. And my poor publisher, he's like, oh.
0: That's exciting, though. It's an opus now. The Bible.
3: (laughs) Right.
1: You know, (laughs) I said, well, this is the UFO Bible, you know, so there you go. So chill. Just do what I want. Put this here, put this there, move that there, move this here, and add an addenda, an extended version of this book that acknowledges 2020. This is it. Yeah. Welcome to the paradigm shift.
0: Yeah.
2: So do you th- what do you think the aliens take on all this Ukraine being on the verge of World War III? Or did they just watch and wonder at our, for better terms, kind of idiocy, our own drive for self-destruction? Um, do you think they just, I mean, I'm always curious as to how they view Us. The things that are happening, especially yeah. right now. With, that
0: like, we're doing to all ourselves.
2: All the volatile that's going on in the world that we're doing to ourselves you're right Laura yeah right. Yeah.
1: yes there is um, a tacit agreement that we cannot evolve by them doing the hard work for us makes that sense we have to save ourselves from ourselves that that will be the quantum leap that takes us out of our 3D shell and projects us into 4D 5D and beyond Yeah. Now, um, I have real mixed feelings about this because I would very much like them to make their presence known in a big way all around the world simultaneously. I can't think of anything else that would cause everyone to drop their weapons and fall to their knees like everyone, Um, but they can't do it that way. Instead what they're doing is making personal contact with hybrids, people who share some of their DNA that are on this planet. Um, They make connections through individuals who they know love them and welcome them and actually, myself included, beg for them <laughs> to get their asses down here, yeah. and do something about this <laughs> before we blow ourselves to freaking smithereens. Yeah, um, but I also understand their position, and I understand that they can't evolve for us. They already evolved.
0: Yeah, they're already where right. they
1: are. That they're actually able to be here and care so deeply about us. You know, they have a, a, an intrinsic understanding that that reality is multiple dimensions. It's multiple layers of what some refer to as the time, space, time continuum all folded all over each other, you know, creating all of consciousness and all of existence, all of it being one thing. But if you think like a layer of phyllo dough, if you're a, if you're a baker, especially if you mm-hmm. have any Greek blood in you, <laughs> if you lay out phyllo dough and you pull back this very, very thin layer of the dough, there's many, many layers yeah. beneath it. And and yet it's all one. That's mm-hmm. the dough. Yeah. Um and so uh to me that seems um uh an an apropos metaphor uh to describe the dimensional nature of the universe. You know, we don't live in a three-dimensional, five-sensory world. We live in a multidimensional universe. We are part of the whole. The whole is part of us. Yeah. We are them. They are us. And we, capital W-E, are one. And until we come to a full realization of that oneness in all existence, will, will we be able to... Uh, leap beyond our very, very limited understanding of ourselves, of this living planet that we exist on. And in the universe that we spin around with countless other organisms and life forms, including some far more intelligent and technically advanced than we are. Um, I believe that we're all related uh, in some way, shape or form. I refer Mm -hmm. to I agree. Extraterrestrials, not as aliens, which has such a very negative connotation.
0: It does that word, not as
1: aliens at all, um, but as our galactic family. And um, my job down here is to have experiences and share them, and have more experiences and share them, and then have some more experiences and share them, and not be afraid. Yeah, of anything or anyone, because I know that I'm just here doing my job and that I am protected in perhaps unusual ways, but protected nonetheless. And I'm one of many, many thousands and countless, possibly millions of people who have had Mm -hmm. numerous experiences, not just with spirit, but with the galactic family. And really what we're having to do now is to wash away the fear so that people will stand up and speak their truth and speak truth to power and speak truth to the universe and in numbers sufficient enough that our invitation to them will ultimately Res- it will ultimately result in a coming together that is so significant and so profound that it will change the trajectory of human evolution across the globe with a wave of consciousness raising akin to a tsunami. Wow.
0: That would be something really miraculous. I think that um <clears throat> there are so many people in this world that are so staunchly like dig their heels into the ground refusing to open their minds
1: or even open their eyes to yes truth yeah and facts yeah. basic facts mm-hmm. you know not alternate facts real facts there are not alternate facts, alternate facts <laughs> don't exist there yeah are real facts and then there's the made up stuff
0: yeah um, and i think that there's those are there's so many of them and i think that we all we all knew that oh we all have our differences and you believe this and i believe that but i think especially with the pandemic and i think in the last handful of years a lot of um a lot of true colors came about and i know that i certainly saw it in some of my closest friends and family that yeah. i didn't realize um, that I, I just could not relate to them mm-hmm.
1: explode
0: yeah and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I just couldn't relate to them and that they were like that's fine you can go too Carrie because what you believe is a bunch of garbage and we are right and you are wrong and it, it's just um, I would love to see all of that happen that you mentioned but I just think that it this paradigm shift i feel like it will take it feels like decades no to get to be
1: decades because so many of the people um so many of the people that are lower vibrational people,
0: yeah yeah um
1: on the earth uh are dying off um they and, are and, and numbers mm-hmm. that are are staggering to me yeah um, Just dying off, whether it's because, you know, they are science deniers and refuse to get shot in their arm that could save yeah. their life. Or, yeah. Um, because they're just, uh, you know, the insurrection blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Uh, we're seeing some momentum in terms of accountability around that but not enough not fast enough mm-hmm. it is going to take some time yeah um, to reconcile all of this to pull all of this together the we the like-minded mortals um who not just believe or have faith or even you know wishfully think that right. spirit exists and ets exist and you know there are a lot of people out there who go those people are nuts. Oh, you know, a thousand the percent.
0: A thousand percent. Well,
2: now the Pentagon—it's been released now that the Pentagon had a whole department researching UFOs. They have they the still government do. had to release tapes. You know, like yeah. where you hear fighter or pilots or discussing the it. fact that it's a UFO and there's no explanation for the for the physics of it, like that we as humans. That live, you know, right. really don't have anything that can go anywhere near it, and you can see it all on tape. That's what I don't understand anymore. Like when you have the Pentagon <clears throat> having to admit that they, they themselves have been researching this for a long time.
0: Yeah. So more than. I mean, we know for years. sure
2: that it's there. Yeah. Yes, you know, because yeah. why would they pour? pour-
1: Multi, multi billions of dollars into researching something that none of them believe exists. Right. You know, it, right. it's all one big fat lie.
0: Yeah. You know, mm. there's
1: just and now they're getting amalgamation of lies. Yeah. And it is time mm. for the truth to surface and to be revealed to the world in a very compelling way. And even then. Even then, there will be multitudes of people that just, you know, just deny it. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm really not big on conspiracy theories, um, but I will tell you one thing. Um, our government for the last 70 plus years, uh, and not just ours, many around the world sure. that were mm-hmm. privy to the same information, uh, we're nothing but a pack of lying liars who lie so routinely yeah. that they just don't know any other way. And the thing is that they justify it by thinking that they're doing us all a favor by keeping us in the dark. Yeah. we will live, you know, long, happy lives in blissful ignorance rather than coping with the truth of our existence. And, you know, those beings, um, that love us who have come here, you know, what I was saying earlier about the multiple dimensions all existing simultaneously, the main reason, it's not that they weren't here before because they certainly were. Yeah. Um, But a multitude more came when we first started blowing off atomic and hydrogen bombs, because every time we detonated one of those bombs on this planet, We were not only doing enormous damage to this planet we were damaging other places in the universe simultaneously
0: well that makes sense
1: Mm
3: -hmm. that makes total sense
1: right on the verge you know the cuban missile crisis i don't Mm. think either of you were old enough to remember it but i Mm. do um that was as close as we had come until right now Mm-hmm. Uh, on the brink of nuclear war and the ultimate destruction of the world. Yeah. Um, and we came very, very close to a disaster. Well, we're right there again. Yes, um, absolutely. This is a mm-hmm. very frightening time to be alive. Uh, but I also believe that good conquers evil and love conquers fear— Or none of us would ever, you would even be here anymore Mm -hmm. because somebody would have wiped us off the planet long ago. So I think that what we need to do is focus our attention. And the messages that I get from the galactic family are very succinct, they are very clear. I get downloads almost daily, uh, multiple frequencies, you know, just jamming in my my system up with messages that i don't that i can't even consciously decipher
0: yeah they
1: come up in other ways in lectures and conversations like this yeah uh but i will tell you that on the morning early morning of february 24th Mm. i went outside with my little peanut buttercup who's laying right (laughs) over and with a cup of coffee, and I lit a cigarette, and I'm just sitting on the terrace, taking in what was a beautiful morning, and all of a sudden, this is what I heard. Not in my own voice, but in a voice. This is what I heard. If we are here, this planet and its people are in crisis. We Are here. Oh, my God. Wow. That's implicit in that message. Was we are here to help and implicit. In that message was we, As in me that I am here to help. And that's all I want to do is help heal the world of its woes I can imagine a world where everyone loves everyone else just because they exist Yeah. I can imagine I know that the place that I come from has no has no duality as we know it the place where I come from is full of light and love and peace and tranquility and prosperity for all and and just a, a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, when I leave Earth, I don't ever want to come back unless it really has healed. Yeah. And so while I'm here... I do my part, what little I can, to help heal the world of its woes. And the only way that I know how to do that is to reach out to as many people as I can and let them know about my experiences, to let them know that we can get past this because thoughts are things. And when we project- our intention for the greater good in our world and for all those that share this planet with us when we project our our intentions for the greatest good for Mother Gaia, for the planet that we dare to call home and then defile so regularly yeah. that she's gasping for breath. You know, when when we learn our lessons, if we learn them in time then perhaps humanity can be salvaged um i think the jury is still out on that but i have to believe yeah. that at least there's a chance that we'll make it i have to believe that i have to or i just would leave yeah i just wouldn't want to be here anymore yeah it's oppressive, mm-hmm. it's too painful um sure. it is uh just a, an existence that is riddled with conflict and consternation and hatred and loathing and contempt. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't have to, all we have to do is change our collective mind. Everything is consciousness. Everything is energy. Everything is one thing. When we get to the place where we can pull all of that together, And embrace each other without judgment and in pure love. I do believe that what is evil afoot in the land, what is evil, will dispel into the ether as though it never even existed. Because ultimately, based on my own experience and my realizations through life, the one thing that I have learned about human beings is that our greatest superpower is love. And if we let it be, then love can and will be the answer to every single question.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree too. I agree. What did you
2: have something to say? Oh, just to comment on that. Like, I think one thing that really gives me a lot of hope is that people are really moving toward mindfulness and learning yes. i think meditation has i mean mm-hmm. in my experiences like everybody meditates now it's not a religious thing it's not just buddhists or certain you know right. religions like everybody's um starting to learn how how powerful that can be yes and how and what i personally believe is that we always know the right answer for ourselves it's getting yes. through the cobwebs of our mind to filter out the bullshit yeah, and yeah. the bad feelings and stuff for ourselves to find that right answer in that right way. Um, yes. And I think it's great that people are starting to really understand how powerful that tool is and mm-hmm. that we're starting to see, and even during COVID especially, like a lot of people are learning how how important it is to their centering and their their daily lives Mm -hmm. and I think that's one thing that does give me a lot of hope and I I know for me it changed my life mine too it did
1: it changed everybody's lives Laura everybody nobody escaped through COVID and we're not through COVID yet and we're not but you know at least we're at the end of the beginning Um, Mm -hmm. but nobody will escape this unscathed before Mm -hmm. this passes through the world Every one of us will either have lost someone we loved, or know of someone who Mm -hmm. our loved ones loved. You know, I mean, there's there will be no escaping this. Yeah, Um, and the thing is that you know, I I lecture a lot about um, what I call soul school, which is written about a lot in A Wonder to Behold. That I feel that we kind of get plopped down here into soul school to learn our lessons. And that, unfortunately, based on my observations lifelong, it seems to me that the test always precedes the lesson, which yeah. is grossly unfair. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> <laughs> don't have the information to answer the questions on the test until after you fail the test and then you learn the lesson. um, It just seems to ask backwards to me. And yet that is how we learn. We learn very slowly. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. humanity is like slow burn and um, we learn the hard way all the time. It's gotta be the hard way. Nothing can just be a a switch that we flip, you know, where we just change our mind and go, while we really screwed this up over here, let's think about this in a different way now and take an entirely new approach. You know, yeah. that's that's not how it works. We have to fight, we have to argue, we have to have votes, we have to, you know, and to a certain extent, <laughs> what, you know, even though our democracy is, you know, rather in a shambles right now, um, at least it still exists. And there was, it's hanging by a, a tether, you know, but at least it still exists. And so, you know, maybe there is that need to argue through everything, but ultimately we are going to have to come to the realization that if we are to survive, then we need to number one, tell the truth. Number two, act on the truth. Number three, change the course individually of our trajectory going forward. And then number four, we need to come together as one. And right now we have two existing opposing mindsets, not just in this country, but across the world. Yeah. And one of them is all for me, the rest of you SOBs are on your own. Yeah. And the other mm-hmm. one is we are all in this together. And I think you probably figured out that I come down on the side <laughs> of the latter, not the former. Yes. Um, but I you know, I feel how I think about this and the way, more importantly, the way I feel about this is that each one of us is responsible for raising the vibration and, and raising the frequency of this planet. The frequency of this planet right now is through the roof, but it's because of fear. Yeah. It's because <clears throat> of fear. And I know that fear. Two weeks ago, I sat in my room on my bed in an upright fetal position. With my arms wrapped around my knees and my knees at my chin, and prayed for hours and hours as I watched Russian troops bombarding a nuclear power plant yeah. with cruise missiles. And I thought, this oh, yes, motherfuckers, this is the. End. <laughs> this it. And they're not only gonna blow themselves up, yep. you stupid motherfuckers, you're gonna blow yourselves up, and then you're gonna pollute the entire northern hemisphere so that it will be unlivable for you know half of an eternity yeah and you don't even know what you're doing you don't know what Mm -hmm. you're fighting for
0: yeah
1: don't know why you are where you are you still think that somehow these are war games well i'm sorry but there is no game in which just like the old movie with matthew roderick there is no war game involving thermonuclear weapons that anyone wins yeah There's no winner. We all lose. Mm -hmm. Stupid sons of bitches. Yeah. You know, so I've I've been in a state of heightened agitation. Pardon my language. I'm so sorry.
0: We say it all the time.
2: I I actually said fucking idiots under my breath, and I was like, oh, I hope they didn't hear me say
1: that. You know, I I mean, I just think you should call
2: it what you call it. And if
1: Mm -hmm. that helps get some of the stress and the tension off, you know, I, I have a degree in this language. Do it. I feel absolutely entitled to abuse it as I see fit.
2: Um, <laughs> right? That's know, why we so, got So
1: Yeah, I got a piece of paper that says I can. Um, no, this is uh, this is a pivotal time mm-hmm. in the course of human history. Right now, we're living it. Yeah. We're, I, I do believe that we are all individually here for a reason. Uh, but I think that we have to be part of the shift. the paradigm shift that you know keep the frequency on the planet high but not because of fear keep it high because of love yeah and lift each other up out of this maelstrom out of this this malaise yeah that we are suffering at the hands of one maniac yeah that just decided that you know this would be a really good time to blow up Eastern Europe.
0: Yeah, okay, and
1: I think you know I'm attacking thousand-year-old cities, wiping yes. out landmarks that can never be replaced, and that is just a secondary effect. Of yeah, the damage being done to human life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. all life. Yeah, in Ukraine right, right now,
0: and I think and it's, it's really place. yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's really amazing, and I find a lot of. <clears throat> hope in it, in that he went in and he thought that it would take days to take over Ukraine. Days. Caused
1: them to cower.
0: Uh-huh. And it's been month. a month. And they're still, they still don't have it. Ukraine is fighting back tooth and nail. They just got pushed back. And he is getting more pissed off by the day. Which... On the one hand is (laughs) funny, but at the same time is kind of scary. Yes, there was a guy on I read an article on CNN and they were talking about, okay, well, Putin and he's, you know, he's threatening and saying, I've got all of this, this nuclear arsenal. And the guy was like, on the one hand, him making the threats hurts nobody. It scares a lot of people. Sure. You know, and that's why he does it. But it doesn't benefit him, like you were saying. It doesn't benefit him to use it that will that will not get him what he wants. And part of him knows that. But how crazy is he to just be like, "Oh, well, if I can't have it, no one can." That's well, the thing.
1: How many women have died because a man said, if i can't have her no one will
0: too many yeah mm-hmm.
1: what we need to change you know i there are many many good men on this planet and they need to stand with the women and stand up to this because you know here's the truth of it and it's hard for the good men to hear this It's hard for anyone to hear this, but it is the truth. Throughout the course of human history, men make war, women and children suffer and die. Men make more war, women and children suffer and die. We are the life-affirming force on this planet, we the women. We are the nurturers. And the protectors. And I really do believe that it is time that we become a global force and infiltrate and eventually take over the geopolitics that allow for this kind of overt, senseless aggression. You know, I think that there's a whole bunch of ego-driven men who are completely testosterone poisoned that wander around this planet and think that you know they are the the end all be all and that all others must be subservient to them. And I am here to say no more war. I am here to say no more of this. Yeah. And yeah. when we speak as one voice by the countless millions. He's already a social pariah. His country has been decimated financially and we're just getting going. Yeah. Uh, We're publishing, we're we're publishing, we are punishing. You know, I'll be republishing my book about this. (laughs) We are punishing a lot of innocent people doing what we're doing as well. You know,
3: I mean, Mm -hmm. there
1: are people in Russia, little children in Russia, that don't understand why, even though they don't have ballistic missiles exploding in the tops of their apartment buildings, they still don't understand why mommy can't get any milk or bread. They still don't understand why mommy and daddy, who were fine a month ago, now suddenly don't have any money. You
0: know? uh,
1: that. I mean this is why the masses have to suffer because of the whims uh and the fury of so few
0: yeah
1: that's what needs to change that ultimately needs to be the lesson learned in soul school and if we don't get there really really soon really soon like within my lifetime god willing uh then i don't think we're going to get there at all and we are doomed to self-destruction and i don't want to be around to see that
0: i don't no
1: i want to be at ground zero if that's what happens yeah and just have it be lights out and sayonara and i am never never coming back here I do yeah. not want to come back here I really do believe as I wrote in my book That at some point there was Some clerical error Made in the cosmos that Assigned me to this in the First place I mean Somebody put a piece of paper in the wrong Outbox you know, <laughs> just, And I Not for a moment Not for a moment do I think That I agreed to this knowing what I would be you know being born into but I will tell you that I have felt very much a misfit on this planet my whole life I've been you know faking you know fake it till you make it since I was knee high to a grasshopper and um, only in about the last 10 years or so have I realized what my mission is and have I completely recalibrated my life to accommodate it really Um, completely I just rewrote I just wiped the slate clean and started all over again Um, I had a great job I had a great career in the theater and the theater company of Rhode Island I'd been with the company for more than 20 years Uh, I loved that aspect of my life it was such a a, like a decompression chamber compared to the job that I had yeah um so my days were full, my nights were full and I was blissfully happy knowing what I knew, but not sharing it. Yeah. Knowing exactly what I knew then is what I know now, but not sharing it because I cared too much about my stellar reputation. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. as being a very professional, very pragmatic, very, uh, Goal oriented person who really liked being so well liked, and then I didn't care anymore. And then, uh, like, a bell went off in my head in August of 2007. Um, like, it's time now's the time, it's time now, it's time. And I started writing, and I didn't stop for seven years to the day the really. The third volume of House of Darkness, House of Light, was published seven years to the day when I began the project, wow. and I had already turned all my materials months before over to my publisher. I had no idea what date it would actually be released.
0: Be released, right?
1: Yeah, and um, and then I could say, okay, I'm I've I've done what I was supposed to do. I put this out in the world, um, and then. I lost in 2017 we lost my baby sister April
0: yes um, and today birthday. is her birthday correct
2: and today is her birthday today
0: is her birthday
2: yes. today is my mom's birthday too is it yeah yes, she passed what? what is it almost nine years ago
1: well it's been five years um for April and but it's you know it still feels very fresh like it just I happened that. Yeah. Um, it's not the kind of grief that you ever you just learn to live with it you never actually get over it right. you just mm-hmm. assimilate it and learn to live with it and she does make her presence known around us so frequently in very profound ways that um, you know as much as I miss being able to argue with her and <laughs> uh, you know because we did a lot of that we did I mean we were polar opposites um <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'd mix it up from time to time, and I'd give anything, anything to have her back, even just one day, Yeah, just one day Um, you know, and I know that there are, of course, countless millions and millions of people who are suffering that same feeling all yeah. over the world, all the time and particularly now and particularly through COVID and that's why I think that this is the time that what we call the paranormal is most relevant. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah. It's, it suddenly has this resurgence of people who are so fascinated with this subject and want to know more. And very often it's because they have had time to slow down and reflect and experience all of this in a way that life was too busy before mm-hmm. COVID,
0: yeah. oh yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. I
1: know, I I refer to it as BC and AD. BC <laughs> was before COVID, AD is after Delta, and everything <laughs> in between that, yeah, is when the shift really began to occur. Um, and there's no stopping it, you know. A human mind expanded does not contract. Yeah, uh, But this is the time for us to reach out to as many kindred spirits and like-minded souls as possible. You know, the mere mortals that need to band together now and to realize that, yes, you, you may have lost a loved one, but love never dies and we never really lose them. Yeah. They are just as close as a whisper in your ear. Mm -hmm. They are all around us like the light of the morning sun. Um, They see us and know what is happening with us. They watch over us with tender, loving care, not just our immediate loved ones, but our ancestors as well. Yes, they do. Um, And to know that is, I hope, some small comfort. For those who are just now beginning. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of seasoned people in this field that have been doing research and conducting investigations for, you know, decades.
0: Decades, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: But more and more people are gravitating to this genre, to this subject matter now.
0: They sure are.
1: Trying to deal with an unspeakable grief and to feel that sense of, of connection mm-hmm. still exists, even though the vessel that housed the soul that they love so much has perished from the earth.
0: Yeah. You,
1: know, you are going to lose tens of millions of people all over the planet to this insidious virus by the time mm-hmm. it has truly run its course. And it may be with us uh for eternity. You know.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's just a way of life. Mm-hmm. Like we whooping cough, nervous. measles, it's all, yeah.
2: Which basically what, what they, control. what they say now is it, you're going to be getting your COVID shot like your flu shot. Mm-hmm. It's yep. something that we're going to be, yep. it's going to be, a, you know, a, just part of our society now, part of the things yeah. you
0: do. Yeah. Did you ever, um, did you ever think, back when you were writing House of Darkness, House of Light, that there would be such a uh, I don't want to say uh, an influx of belief in the paranormal, but kind of. I mean, did you ever think that there would be so many more people that were willing to open their minds to it as there are now?
1: You're going to think I'm insane to admit this to you, but... I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth about this. When I started writing what became the trilogy, um, I didn't know if there was going to be anybody out there that was interested in reading our story. I didn't know. Really? And when I got well, my first it was before the movie, well before, well the before yeah. open. Uh, and I got my first royalty check. It was for $113 and I had depleted tens of thousands of dollars of all my life savings so that I could afford to continue to live while I wrote the books mm-hmm. to you know, the exclusion of all else. I didn't have another job. I left my job in Rhode Island and I moved in with my mother and my sister in Georgia. And that's where I wrote the bulk of the books. I had only just started when I moved down. And I knew I needed to be with my family to do it justice. You know, sure. To tell the story accurately and authentically. Excuse me one second. Well, <coughs> that burned. Oh, oh,
0: hold man. on a second. Oh, look
1: who's awake. Ah!
0: Hey, peanut butter cup.
2: Behold. Behold.
0: <laughs> the <mom>. This is... <laughs>
2: Kisses, kisses.
1: To <laughs> my baby, this is my baby.
0: Yes, she is. Um, yes, she's very well loved. Yes, by a l- <laughs> most all of Andrew's <laughs> friends and fans. Yes,
1: she has her own. She's an internet sensation. She is her own. You have her <laughs> own Facebook page. You don't even know what Facebook oh, yeah. is.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. She's my baby. This she's this Facebook star got me through everything. I found her and saved her about three weeks before, I think I was able to scoop her up and rescue her. I think it was January 15th, of <laughs> 2020. <laughs> 2020. Yes. Yeah. No, mommy needs this nose cause it kind really of fills out my face. Um, and, uh, and within a couple of weeks, you know, I, I, Well, even sooner, um, I had come back down to Georgia and took her with me, I mean, to Florida, um, because I found her in Georgia running between speeding cars on the road in front of my mother's house. And um, as soon as I saw her, through the front windows, I said, oh, my God, let her death be swift and painless. There was no question in my mind that this little dog was going to killed yeah and then I had a flash that my sister could do something about this and so I said April bring the puppy to me bring okay you see her bring this puppy to me rescue her bring her to me and she did and before I knew it this absolutely terrified half the size she is now (laughs) was just skin and bones maybe three and a half four pounds nothing to her um, just absolutely emaciated and terrified and freezing to death um, was in my arms and she has not left
0: I know, I was like, she looks very she's all chill, she's like she looks super yeah. sad yeah. yeah, she's like yeah. she's like, this rescue life is the best <laughs> she's the center of my
1: universe and she knows it and as fast as I rescued her, she rescued me right back. Yeah, because really, it was within a couple of weeks that I read uh, the first major article. I don't know if it was in the Washington Post or the New York Times or Science Digest or where I saw it, but I read the first um, <laughs> uh, the first disclosure uh, of, about a new a novel coronavirus mm. called COVID nineteen. Mm And, um, and I, she was with me right here in this room and I just sat back in this chair and I looked down at her and I said, this is it. This is it. This is the paradigm shift. This will change everything as we know it, life as we know it. I just knew it. And I was talking to this little dinky dog, who was like, "What are you talking about? You know, pick me up, pick me up, you know." And um, and she did pick me up. She picked me up out of the depths of despair. She was the reason that I got up every morning and did whatever was necessary. Ooh,
0: bless you,
1: little girl. <laughs> um uh, she, she did. She was uh, the bright spot in what felt like a joyless life. Yeah, for month after month after month of grief and just disbelief. Yeah that what I was witnessing was happening and I could center myself on her, which is why I tell people all the time. If you have the means, if you have the willingness to save another soul, please do, Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. will save you right back. They They do.
0: They're amazing. Mm -hmm. One of our sponsors of our podcast is um, Love Heals Rescue in Arizona, and um, she does amazing work. It's my friend Andrea. and. She fostered all three of my dogs when she was working for other rescues, and then she started her own. And that um, looks like she looks like Leia. Leia's always doing that. We've got I've got three dogs, so we know it's amazing. Animals are a really wonderful, wonderful source of not just companionship, but like you said, like they bring such joy and beautiful meaning to lives that can never ever be can never ever be replaced it's it's wonderful she's so cute she's all chill she's like this is the best
2: (laughs) and when you're feeling down i mean there are reasons you like okay i gotta get up you know i gotta take care of the dog Mm -hmm. feed the cat i gotta you know they'll come and get you if you don't so you know it's nice they will get you yeah yeah (laughs) They'll push you to get, you know, come on, what's us time, let's go. You know,
0: yeah, they're truly, they're, like they're truly amazing. They're sad, they'll
2: give you cuddles.
0: <laughs> right, and they're so funny. Like, I, I watch my dogs and think, oh my gosh, this dog is so silly. He's been chasing his tail for a full five minutes. And then I'll think, but I just sat here and watched my dog chase his tail for five minutes.
1: <laughs> Honey Carrie, <laughs> it's just another form of meditation, right. that's all right. that is. It's right, right. A five minute
2: meditation, right there. It's yep. the best,
0: mm-hmm. I just love it. I just love it. She's so cute.
2: Yeah, it's like when you came to visit me, we were watching my cat happen. Oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: like, we were
2: like, like it was like he was TV. I'm
0: like, <laughs> they're the oh, best, so entertaining. they are just yeah, they are. They're great. the best, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And they all have different personalities. They all like, look at it. She's like, oh, I love it. I'm just gonna nap here, okay? She's
1: the collapsible dog. <laughs> the collapsible dog. She
2: is. She's the
0: collapsible dog. Yes. She's a sweetie. Do you get to take
2: her with you when you travel all the time? Oh my god.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> it is so awful. I can't even tell you. I have cut my travel schedule in half. I mean, and still, it's nervous breakdown mode when she sees me pull out a piece <sighs> of luggage. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they know. I mean, clinical depression sets in mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, uh, you know there are certain words that don't listen to this. When I say guard the house,
0: <laughs> oh. that means leaving. Oh, that th- so th- she knows. So yeah, bad. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it's it is. Uh, Animals know when you save their lives. And uh, really extraordinary. You got the COVID, don't you? And you just gave it to me. I know you did. <laughs> just I a it. sneezy sneezer, son. sneezing. She's got the allergies. It's, it's, COVID, mommy. it's not that. It's just the allergies. Um, and she does. She has allergies just like me. She loves ice cream just like
3: uh-huh.
1: me. Yeah, there we, we have issues. And butter and mayonnaise and. <laughs> She loves all my favorite things. It's the best reason nice. not to die because I have no guarantee wherever I go that they're going to have chocolate coffee. Butters- <laughs> you know, really, I don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to have to hang around and en- enjoy my my vices and share them. Yes. For, as long right. as possible. Yes.
0: Her vices um, as well.
1: <laughs> right. I do have several. Um, but she. uh She's taught me to be still. She's taught me to um, silence the, the turbulence yeah. of my emotions because, and that's anybody that's attached to an animal knows, that they are very well aware of what our emotions are. Yes. And if I start to cry she'll stop whatever she's doing she'll wake up out of a dead sleep and come over and start licking the tears off my face and put her little arms around my neck and literally hug me yeah. to try to comfort me and make me feel better even though she does not understand why That's, i'm sad
0: yeah she
1: mm-hmm. feels it yeah and i think that we have a great deal to learn and you know not just from dogs and cats but from all animals, even wild animals yes. that we can't cuddle, that we can't approach safely. But to watch them interact, to watch them nurture their young, to watch them um, react and in, in very much, you can look into the eyes of an animal and see their soul. You mm-hmm. know? I don't wanna hear that we're the only ones that have souls. No, we don't. There yeah. is one soul, one soul. And all of us, all of us are tapped into that and an expression of it, in my opinion. That's my personal belief system. Uh, and it's not attributable to any single religion or, you know, creed or dogma. It's not. It's just my personal understanding. Yeah. Uh, you know, who we are and why we're here and what there is to learn and what there is to impart and she's a big part of that process for me.
0: That's wonderful.
1: Um, When I lost my last dog um, two months before I lost my sister, I was so devastated that I said, you know, never again. I'm I'm never going to have another dog.
0: I've Um, said that before too. I
1: can't bear the pain (laughs) of losing Mm -hmm. them. I just can't bear the pain. Mm -hmm. And then universe laughed in my face
3: you know, <laughs>
1: you know just dumped her in my lap and yeah you know i'm always a big dog person and i'm not talking like medium-sized dogs i'm talking big dogs like my last dog was a great pyrenees and she weighed 130 pounds
3: whoa
1: and, <laughs> yeah and then i like the universe big dogs too. laughs and dumps this little dinky dog three
0: pound dog <laughs>
1: This is what you need right now. And uh, I took her to two vets. We tried every which way we could to find out if she had a chip in her. She had no no collar, no tags, nothing. no nothing. She was absolutely depleted and emaciated. I mean, you could see every bone in her body. I mean, it was just pathetic. And both vets that I took her to said, based on the injury that she had under her arm, that she... Had most likely dug her way out of a puppy mill.
0: Oh, God.
1: She had been force-bred on her first eat and had already weaned puppies and was not even a year old yet. Oh, Um, God. She didn't know what a toy was the day that I grabbed her and brought her in the house. And uh, I got her on the back porch feeding her little pieces of ribeye steak. And I walked in the <laughs> house and my sister, Christine, who had been watching her zip, 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 zip all over the yard for two days as I was trying to gain her trust and coerce worse her to come this way, little girl. Um, I walked in the house with her in my arms and she was already cuddled up against me like this. And I had held her for approximately one minute when <laughs> I brought her into the parlor and my mother and my sister, we're both sitting there and Christine turned around and she's like, I cannot believe you caught that fucking dog. <laughs> I you caught that dog. And, um, and that's it. We're inseparable. And she saved me. Yeah. Through, I think what has been the, the most disturbing, um, the most difficult and disturbing period of my life in the last five years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's so beautiful. Look at her. She is. She's so she is cute. Beautiful.
1: She's so when, cute. when she gets excited and she cocks her ears, you're not old enough to remember the Flying Nun, but um, there was Sister <laughs> Betrayal, the Flying Nun. I don't know if you ever... When, yeah,
0: you know, I mean, I've heard of... Yeah. Wind yeah.
1: yeah. wind would touch them, and she has Sister Betrayal ears. <laughs> she's really excited. You know, you got some serious body heat going on here, chick. I'm sweating because of you.
0: She's like, "That's off. okay."
1: My little I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why don't you go back down here and we're gonna we're going to um All right, no, she's not leaving.
0: She's no, not hold leaving. On,
1: hold on. I'm having a I'm I'm either having a hot flash or
0: (laughs) (laughs) she's a little toasty.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh yeah. There's that. But you know, I know it probably, probably might seem a little off topic for some people that watch this show, but everything is one thing and everything is energy and everything is consciousness. Yeah. That is the crux of existence. I agree. And so, this is this conversation about how we interact with the animals that we are graced to share the earth with is just as important as anything else that we've discussed tonight. I agree. And I feel that if it if it prompts even one person watching to decide to open their home and go save a life then it will have been uh, a very valuable conversation indeed
0: i agree i absolutely agree um i do want to ask you two things uh one what is your advice to people that are watching and that are listening that find they have moved into a home with paranormal activity and they've it, they've never experienced it before. What is your advice to folks that find themselves living in a house with ghosts essentially? Embrace it.
1: Um, unless you're actually enduring a uh physical attacks or something so malignant or malicious that it poses a threat. And be careful how you perceive that. Yeah, you know, be careful how you label that, you know, before you make the decision that this is, you know, this is bad and has to go. Um, first consider at least the possibility that this is a gift being given to you. Um, And I have often said, probably one of my most famous quotations, I don't even remember when I first wrote it or where it is, but um, it is as follows, to be touched by spirit is a blessing, not a curse. It is that rare glimpse into the realm from which we come, and will inevitably return. return be not afraid
0: i love it that's awesome yeah i love it
1: just they do we lived in a world where we were as we all know, completely utterly surrounded by spirit all the time and we didn't know it and we all went to our grave thinking we were never going to see our loved ones again yeah That there's, you know, no other realm besides this one. And that the end is the end, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And no hope for an afterlife. Spirit is empirical evidence of an afterlife. Yes. It is empirical proof of the existence of the fourth dimension. It is... We might not know where they are, how they can communicate with us. We might not know the answers to myriad questions sure. around the existence of spirit. But I find that too many people focus their attention on trying to determine who they are. you know, is is this Bathsheba Sherman? Is yeah. this Mrs. Arnold? Is this, you know, um, Johnny Arnold? Is this Oliver Richardson? You know, from the books, the story.
0: Sure, yeah. We don't know.
1: Only one spirit in that house ever self-identified, and it was the little boy, Oliver, to my sister April, and he was her playmate. And he was the only one that ever literally said his name. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it doesn't matter who they were in life, that they still are. In afterlife is all that matters. Yeah. That they still exist in some way, shape, or form, even if they're acting out badly or, you know, behaving badly or, you know, seem to have some grudge or some issue left over or or whatever, that they exist and that we can have glimpses into that dimension that exists simultaneously with our own that's a gift
0: that is a gift that's truly wonderful yeah it's truly wonderful Um, my second question is what is your advice to somebody that um, does have an encounter with an extraterrestrial or you know um, one of the galactic family What is your advice to them if it's their first encounter? Or maybe they've had a number of encounters, but they're afraid to talk about it.
1: I would say do what I do and turn into a five-year-old who just came down to um, see a bike without training wheels on uh, on my fifth Christmas. You know, I mean, that means you're a big girl when you don't need training wheels anymore. You are ready to ride. You (laughs) are ready to ride. You know that joy, that moment of—is oh, that really there? Is that really mine? Is this—is this mine that's going on here right now? Yeah. I mean, I—I I become literally buoyant with joy when I have an encounter. Um, it is—it reduces me to looking at the universe with the eyes of a child, the wonder, that's how the book got its name, a wonder Wonder to
0: to behold. behold. Yeah.
1: You know, think about as you're raising your own children and you saw them see something for the first time that just filled them with light and, and wonder and curiosity. And you could see the fascination behind their eyes, you know, that you were just, I mean, she does that to me. She'll see something she's never seen before, and she'll just turn and look at me like, oh, Oh my God, look at this. Oh, my God. You know, and she gets, I mean, even if it's the lizard she saw, the first lizard she saw, (laughs) in Florida. Yeah. Like, should I face it? Should I eat it? Should I just watch it? What should I do? I'm like, okay, first of all, don't eat it. Don't yes. Eat it. yes. Of all, don't chase it because you're as fast as it is so don't chase it because then you'll be tempted to eat it and um
0: either you know, situation you know, won't end well for you and it's yeah, just a, oh. yeah
1: it's you know there's a learning curve but my dog you know, used to eat the yeah, lizards, that they, moment that moment of sheer
0: <laughs> uh, just wonder wonder mm. yeah yeah. yeah, and like a wonder that's unafraid.
1: Exactly, yeah. I've never felt any fear, um, with the Galactic Family. Never, not for a single moment have I felt fear. I have felt every other emotion. Sure, around um, some of my encounters. Well, and um, you know every other emotion, including <clears throat> anger at myself for um, inadvertently. Ending an encounter too quickly. Really? Uh, that I wish that I, I wish I could go back and, and have more.
0: Yeah. Really um, have taken time and with it. And
1: I wrote about, yeah, I wrote about that in my book. Um, that particular instant where I was literally in the presence of a, uh, an extraterrestrial, unlike anything I had ever seen before. I had no fear of him, somehow I knew he was male. Um, I had no fear of him, but I was getting what I call a download, uh, just blasted with information uh, to such an extent that I literally felt like my head was just going to rupture and explode. Uh, And I ended the I ended the discourse and I really wish I will go to I will draw my last breath wishing that I had spent more time with him.
3: Wow. Uh, hmm.
1: And he was absolutely beautiful. He was jet black. Like, you know, the color of our our desk chairs, jet black. Um and had the face uh of the sh- uh, in the shape of an egg, no protruding chin. Uh, just a tiny, tiny little thin lips and his eyes. He was part AI, part humanoid, part AI. And uh, he had two laser red orb eyes that penetrated into me so deeply that I literally could not draw my stare away from his. And, um, I had to end it because it was overwhelming for me.
3: Wow.
1: I I took in as much as I could, and then it had to be over. And he came in between. He usurped and intercepted um, space in uh, a Skype connection that I had going with a woman who had written a piece of music for me, and she was a contactee. I did not know it at the time. And he came. She was playing that piece of music for me that I had never heard before. And I knew every single note of it and was humming along. And then suddenly my whole screen, which had been working absolutely perfectly on you know my big Mac, you know, big, huge computer, new computer, all of a sudden. I I had like wavelength lines just running all across the whole screen. And I I said, Susan, I'm losing you. And she didn't respond, she kept just playing the music. Um, And then I said, Susan. And she turned around and looked at the screen and said, what is that? And I said, what do you see? And she said, I think I see the back of a head. And I said, I see the front. And that was it. She was gone, and he was there. And all I heard was this, like, interesting tapping noise, this Mm -hmm. very unusual
0: tapping noise. His
1: head was down, and he lifted his head up. He had, like, silver or platinum studs across the top of his head and then from side to side. And when the head lifted up, I saw the eyes... And they locked into mine. I couldn't break the contact. I could not. I could not look away. I could not turn my head. And after several minutes of that, and the lights in the panels behind him were colors I had never seen before. Not in the human, in the human spectrum of light that we have yeah. with the normal human eye. Just extraordinary colors. And I knew I was looking inside of a vessel. I knew I was. And that he was in that vessel. Yeah. And that he had literally come in between her and me on a Skype broadcast. Wow. And after a few minutes, where uh, it felt like my head was in a vacuum from the neck up, and I couldn't even breathe properly anymore. Um, I, without even looking, I reached over and started fishing around for the mouse. And when I found it, I disconnected the call. Oh, wow. And I will always regret that. I will always regret that.
0: And you haven't ever really encountered him again?
1: Information. You know, I got no way to call him. Right.
0: It's not like you email you his business card or anything. <laughs>
1: yeah
3: wow
1: But i didn't even know that that race existed i know about a, a number of extraterrestrial races that um have visited the planet or are currently inhabiting the planet with us mm-hmm. um but i had never seen even a drawing or an image or even a shadowy
0: photograph of. i don't this, think we've like, ever heard yeah but
1: he was so beautiful, and I felt absolutely no threat at all. No threat at all. No fear at all. But every other emotion boiled up inside of me. Uh, I just cried uncontrollably for about a half an hour. My mother saw him only briefly. She rounded the corner um, coming into the, the area where I was um, at the office desk. And she's like, what is that? <laughs> and that was just as i was disconnecting the call so she did get a brief glimpse of him of him and it blew her away and then susan called me almost immediately and my mother answered the phone and she said annie can't talk to you right now she's got she's hyperventilating she's got to calm down i'll have her call you back when she you know gets herself under control gets you know composed yeah because i was an emotional basket case I was laughing, I was crying, I was celebrating. I was, I was just like, it's like it on, it it was as though all my human emotions had been stuffed into a cage and he turned the key and opened the door and everything came flooding out. It was a very um, significant moment. Yeah. uh, The many experiences that I've had It was a particularly significant one. Um, And and it was actually the incident that outed me uh, in the field. Because prior to that, nobody knew me for anything except being that ghost chick from the house up in Rhode Island. Yeah. Then nobody knew what my whole secret life was about. Um, And about a week after I had that close encounter, uh, I granted an interview uh, that was supposed to be based on my books and you know the forthcoming film and, and all of that. Sure. And um, about three quarters of the way through the interview, uh, one of the two um, hosts of this show turned and suddenly said, Have you ever had any extraterrestrial encounters? And suddenly someone whose lips could not stop flapping (laughs) went silent. And I just looked (laughs) at her and I looked, I had four, three, four, I had three 4D cameras on me from every direction. yeah. And I looked around the room and I looked at her and I said, I'll tell you, but you can't use this film footage yeah and with that agreement i told them what happened to me the week before and about six months later they sent me the finished piece and the producer said just watch it and you know give us your permission to release it and i said well i know what i said you know i i don't need to watch it in order i know what i said i was there right um, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and she's like no I I really need you to watch it and so I knew something was up and there was the footage of me coming out as and a contactee and an experiencer with extraterrestrials and that the biggest leap of faith I think I ever took in my life was giving her the go-ahead to use it anyway Um, And that particular documentary went out all over the United States and Canada in a boxed set with the DVD of The Conjuring. And suddenly I went from being an anonymous UFO researcher to something way beyond the ghost lady. Yeah. And I never looked back and I have no regrets about that
0: that's wonderful
1: opportunity to meet extraordinary people um in my travels I have had the opportunity to introduce countless thousands of people directly to the um galactic family and when I go out and I sing to them they they for some reason they love they have their favorite songs. And when I sing to them, <laughs> they come. That's uh, wonderful. It's that they come when called, they're already here. Right. They make the presence known um, in remarkable ways. And it has changed everything in terms of uh, not only people's perceptions of who I am and what I do, but I have had the privilege of opening uh, minds in a way that I can't think of any other thing that I could do that would be more effective Yeah. in terms of that, you know, and so as far as I'm concerned, you know the lying liars who lie uh, i.e. the government um, can you know, change the name from UFO to UAP
0: which oh, is an yes.
1: kind of aerial phenomenon oh, yes. like somehow <laughs> that makes it more socially acceptable, I but, don't know <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I agree with Laura. I will say it out loud. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Uh, <laughs> no, uh no, I we're on a journey. And we're all on a journey together. And yeah. what we need to do is embrace one another, hold hands, and you know, we're all little children lost in the dark. We don't understand you know, we don't understand anything compared to what there is to understand and to know about the universe. You know, I mean, we're just infants in a crib, just, you know, finding out. That's our true. Way. That's and, very true. You know, so there are no experts in the paranormal. If anybody tells you they're an expert in this field, please right. feel free to turn around and run in the <laughs> right? Right yeah. away from them <laughs> yes. as fast as humanly possible as fast as your little legs will take you
0: yeah because
1: not only are they lying to you they're living in bad faith with themselves if they can say that to you yeah there are no experts in this field if my family doesn't have all the answers there ain't nobody on this planet that does
0: <laughs> that's the truth
1: you know so that's the I truth it's important that we mm-hmm. admit what we don't know that that we continue to be You know, those of us that are seers need to continue to be seekers Mm -hmm. and to do our best to lift others up and to guide them in whatever way they seek from us to open their minds to the infinite possibilities which exist in an ever expanding universe. And that's the truth.
0: That is wonderful. That is That's so great. wonderful, Laura. Do you have any questions for Andrea? Um, I
2: think not that she hasn't already answered. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> kinda, yeah. I know, right? Kind of, yeah. Mean, just piping in about the kind of stuff that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right on.
1: Yeah. Well, it really has been a pleasure for me to spend these couple of hours with you two lovely ladies, and I will come back. Um, I'll let everybody know when the book is republished.
0: It oh, good. Be very much
1: longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a tedious process, but it will be to my satisfaction when it's done. Good. And I'll post it everywhere. I've never sold it publicly, uh, I never have. Uh, I was uh, told to hold it in reserve and only to sell it to people who would it's because it's really really intense and so i've just sold it be over so cool these last couple of years just to my own following of readers you know sure like mm-hmm. it kept it in the family close to the vast yeah but I'm, I'm ready to put it out worldwide
0: that's so wonderful
1: i hope that it yeah. plays some part in uh you know shaking up the the vibration and heightening it. And I hope that it resonates with people around the globe and that it makes a difference in the world. That is my hope.
0: That is my hope for it too. I can't wait to read it. This is going to be really exciting.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited too. I'm like, how do I get my grubby hands on it?
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that will it be this year in 2022 you think, or... You it
1: hoping? will be released probably within the month, next month to six weeks.
2: Yes. Oh
0: yay! <laughs> <laughs> I can't you wait for that. My summer reading is going to be now. right. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, now, Andrea, you have your own. You have a show as well, and it is called The World Awakening. Why don't you let everybody know where they can watch that show? Every week on Fridays, correct?
1: Yes, it's every Friday night from nine to eleven Eastern Time. Um, It is, uh, it's in syndication uh, all over the world uh, through KGRA digital media. Um, And it is also available. It runs live on Facebook and also simulcasts on YouTube and about eight other venues around (laughs) the world. I know about those two because that's where my admins monitor the chat. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> For the bottom of the screen. Um, and it's really, it's all about what we've discussed here tonight. Um, I have guests on every week and we delve deeply into a wide variety of subjects. But, oh, excuse me a second. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't <laughs> say I've I, watched my brain some of, of it of and it is fascinating yeah it's really uh, good
0: it's a really good show so yeah it it's,
2: is, a great uh, show.
1: it's a, a wonderful um, experience for me and um, I have a very big announcement coming on Thursday of this oh. week
0: oh the 31st okay
1: announcements coming um, about uh, other projects that <gasps> I'm working on as well
0: fun so, all right. Yeah,
1: I'm really excited to share those things. And so, you know, my um, my uh, website is down for repairs and updating. So don't even bother uh, <laughs> but when it comes back. It's going to be phenomenal. Oh, um, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, so I'm working on that, too, because, of course, sleep is for mere mortals. I don't qualify. <laughs> so, you know, a nap here and there will get me through. I think that naps and coffee. Um, which is, by the way, the nectar of the gods. Yes, the nectar of the gods. Okay, I agree right here, right here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've got I've got several irons in the fire, some bigger than others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I'm going to put a thing over my mam cave office door that says Global <laughs> Pandemic Productions. <because> right. <laughs> much done in this last two and a half years it's freaking it's impossible yeah to have everything done that i've gotten done and i'm just getting going
0: that's wonderful
1: nine years old i'll be 64 in october and there's nothing slowing me down it would take a
0: freight train good good That's good to hear that's exciting that's exciting um well Laura, why don't you let everybody know where they can follow us? As if they didn't already know, we say it every week. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. You to hear me say it one more time. Exactly. Maybe this time the overlay will work. Let's see. All right. Let's see. How we're doing. There it is.
2: Right, so you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at H-O-A-H podcast. All righty. And That's and on lovely. the TikTok. At hoh Podcast, at HOH carry and at HOAH Cohoops Lore. Yes. Yes. Good stuff. And that Wonderful. is it.
0: Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you this for was
1: joining so, us. It was so fun. Awesome. Absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Let me know when you're ready, and I'll put this out all over. I'll get my posse on it, and we'll put this broadcast out all over the place.
0: Okay, absolutely. Um this episode is going to be dropping Saturday morning, um April 9th. God, is it already almost April? Jeez, oh man. Yeah. Like a couple days, man. <laughs> I can't even. I just it's can't crazy. even. Yeah. Okay, so I will text you all the time. details.
1: Just you know, phone me up and say here it comes. I'm tagging your wall. Go for it, check.
0: Okay, I sure will. You're the best. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we will let you go so that you can take care of Miss uh, Peanut Buttercup. She is so cute. I just love her so much. I know, much. so She's cute. Sad. And safe travels She's, to you. Yes, yeah, safe travels to you. you mm-hmm. She's got some big stuff coming up. You are going to be doing a, um, a trip to England in August. Is that no, correct? I'm
1: going to be doing, we combined... Uh, the tours uh, with um, Rick McCollum, who's oh, a good friend of mine. Yeah. And so next year I'm going to do England, and this, and he's going to do it with me next year. This year we're going to do <laughs> Scotland. So, oh
2: man, I want to go to Scotland so bad. Oh my god. Everywhere else in Western Europe, but not Scotland.
1: I I have Scottish cool. in me. Uh, my mother. So uh, do we. Had, me too is from Clan Buchanan and she also has Cherokee Indian in her. Um, That's me. She's got Irish, (laughs) she's got English, Scottish, a lot of Scottish and a lot of Cherokee in her. Um, But I feel drawn to the UK in a big way.
0: Me too. Um,
1: And so, uh, however it works out, it works out. Yeah. But I just am really excited about it and so, I'm going to be, um, I can't remember the name. I'll post it on my wall. Okay. Uh, about um, the change in the trip and combining the two. It's going to be extraordinary.
0: Um, yes. And
2: I will it sounds get like it.
1: to see the land of my
2: ancestors'
1: birth. Oh,
0: gosh. So really, that is excited. Laura and I have been wanting to go to Scotland and ride scooters around for. Ever. So we've got such big plans, you know, we want to do Rome and but I saw that you were doing this haunted trip to England and I was like, Oh my gosh, I, I have to do this. And the great thing about these trips is that you'd make a down payment and you can make payments toward toward them. Right. Which right. is you phenomenal. All,
1: all up front thing. Yeah. It's mysterious adventures tours. Yes. And Maria Schmidt is the owner of the company and a good close friend of mine. Um, and so, you know, if you've been holed up in your house for the last two and a half or three years and have a few bucks put aside, please feel free to join us on what is going to be a magical mystery oh tour my of one of the oldest civilizations on the planet. Yes, I am fair. extraordinary.
0: I am absolutely there, and Laura, I'm sorry, as soon as we hang up and hit recording, I'm going to call you and be like, we need to plan this, because haunted castles and all kinds of stuff, and it's really just amazing, I know. I
2: like the travel, every time I go out, almost out of the country, it seems like, especially anytime I'm in Europe, but I've never been to Scotland, but I make friends with the Scottish. Somehow, <laughs> me... And the Scottish people end up somewhere, usually drinking, in a pub somewhere. These are the people I end up talking to, like, all night. And we just become fast friends. I don't... There's there, will about the yes. there will be pints in
1: pubs. Yes! Yeah, I yeah. feel certain. <laughs> uh, I want to go to Hadrian's Wall. I want mm-hmm. to. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much that I feel so drawn to. Me too! Um, it's it's just a calling. Um, And so I'm I'm very much looking forward to doing this. And nothing would please me more than to have the two of you along on this trip. And really, when you think about it, it's not that expensive. It's not. This is a very cost-effective way to travel
3: in Mm -hmm. groups,
1: take care of each other. You've got a guided tour who is phenomenal. His name is Neil Storey. Um, I've heard of him, uh, Yeah, he's just great. Uh, So yeah, I would love to have both of you there with me. And oh, by the way, um, this little excursion is being filmed and a documentary will be made of it. So I would say, (laughs) to come along and be a part of a history making tour, as we revisit the history of Scotland. To,
0: yeah, we gotta do it that would be
2: amazing you should have seen did you see Carrie's face <laughs> <laughs> how was like look like She's we're like, like, doing it. It's done. It's, it's done.
0: done. It's, it's happening.
2: happening. She's just like, okay, we're done. Where do it's I sign? Decided.
0: decided. <laughs> um, yeah, just let I'm us know bringing as soon my as.
1: Girlfriends, I'm bringing my girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, this is
2: great. She's
0: yes, like, great. it's going to be the best. So yeah, just let us know. Post on your wall, and then yeah, we'll get coordinated. I I think it's real. Again, I, I you can make payments on it. You make a down payment. You pick your room. You do all of it. it's so affordable and cost effective it's super easy
1: super easy Mm -hmm. she'll walk you right through it she will hold your hand right through it um and it's it will it'll i mean it'll just it'll be the experience of a lifetime
0: yeah and they have uh, tons of different ones yeah they have tons of different ones dave schrader i believe is going to egypt He's taking a group to Egypt. Yeah, you can go to. He said it was mysterious adventures. Mysterious adventures. Yes,
1: adventures Adventure tours. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go to their website mm-hmm. and you can see all of the ones that they've got. Currently, the ones that are coming up. Um, it's it's phenomenal, and I am super excited. And Laura and I are gonna go right now and start planning.
1: <laughs> Sounds great. I'll hold okay. you to okay. it. I'm- okay. All right. Yay! And you have to
0: sit with me. Absolutely.
1: So you carry your buses and stuff.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> uh,
1: some recording. Bring some recording equipment.
0: Oh, a thousand percent. Oh, oh all yeah, of the the whole time, the whole time. exactly. Um, you have to ask
2: me when I'm not recording. Right,
0: <laughs> it's gonna be the best. Anyway, Andrea, thank you so much. Thank you. God, you are such a lovely, lovely woman, and I'm very honored to call you my friend. So, thank you for coming on the you show.
1: Are indeed, you. and Laura too. I, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to join you, and I send out my my most heartfelt love to your viewers. And I just want to leave everybody with one thought to end this broadcast, and that is to dare to have faith in the future, dare to hope, dare to believe, and live your best life.
0: Yes, beautifully said. Beautifully said. Thank you, Andrew All right, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as we always like to say here at History of a Haunting, stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. Bye, guys. Thank you.